Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. You heard Brent Musburger. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you in here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. He is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. And we say, you know what? There's going to be some fireworks on the show today. I saw you did local Philly radio earlier. I think it was this morning where I'm sure you had plenty to say. 7 o'clock. I'm sure you had. Oh, wait, before before we get to the fireworks, I got to give you credit. So yesterday when we were talking Rich Strike and the news broke that he wasn't going to run in the Preakness, right? And by the way, I don't know why I kept on repeating four weeks with the Triple Crown Circuit. It's obviously five. You go Kentucky Derby, two weeks, Preakness, three weeks, Belmont. Okay, that out of the way. Now the important part. Michael, your instinct when we were talking about that was dead on. I thought about the distance. I thought this horse wanted to go the mile and a half. You said, well, what about the breeding and the money? Here's what a friend in the industry who was listening to us said. Connection scratch to keep his breeding value up. I doubt we see him in the Belmont either. He's worth more now than than never racing again. So I would expect to see him ink a breeding deal before he runs again. Uh, again, the 12 furlongs good for him, but he's a closer and closers struggle in the Belmont. You may see him this summer, but my expectations, he won't run in the Preakness, obviously, and won't run in the Belmont because of the money. I got to give you kudos on that. Great job. Well, I mean, he's the Sean Bradley of horses, right? When Sean Bradley came out in the NBA draft, seven feet six from BYU, nobody, David Falk wouldn't let anybody work him out. He wouldn't let him work him out. It was the con of all cons. You know, God, I mean, poor Sean Bradley suffered a bicycle injury, and I hope he's on his way to recovery. That's a separate issue. This issue here is that nobody could work him out. So this horse is becoming Sean Bradley. You're not allowed to look at him. And it's going to increase his value. It makes sense. Once you start adding losses to you know, your, your repertoire, to your resume, then all of a sudden, you know, maybe your, you know, your offspring aren't as valuable. It well, made sense you, you to me. The, I don't know. You know, and I, I wasn't thinking it because I was just thinking how well he ran down the stretch in the Kentucky Derby. <clears> I thought they want the connections want to get him that mile and a half at Belmont and the mile and three sixteenths there at Pimlico isn't going to fit his running style. But my friend immediately, first off, my friend said, are you a dummy? You keep on saying four weeks for the triple crown. It's five. And then he said, Michael's <laughs> completely right. It's the breeding and you're, they're going to get a breeding deal inked, and then what they'll do is they'll probably run the horse a little bit in the summer, but he said he doesn't think we'll see him in the Belmont. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it, we we have sometimes in sports have a hard time separating business from the the, sure. the, the sport itself. I listen to Gill. I mean, Gill's very disappointed the horse isn't going to run. I agree with Gill. It hurts the sport. Overall, it hurts the sport because now we have no Triple Crown. However, there's the business element that comes in play. That if you, if Gill owned the horse, if I owned the horse, and somebody was telling me the horse will be more valuable if he didn't run, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, that's the thing. We always see it through our eyes. I want to watch the horse run. Yeah, I do too. Yep. But from a business standpoint, it may not be the best business decision. And so you've got to be able to look past that and understand where they're coming from. Well, you and I were set to do, obviously, every Saturday and Sunday, the Lombardi line. Next Saturday, after the Lombardi line, I was going to do a Preakness show for NBC. They canceled it just, just because. Think about what I'm telling you. NBC's not as into it. The TV's going to be way down. Rich Strike was the story going into the Preakness. And no it, it no longer. But I, I don't know if you can blame the connections. Literally out of the clouds comes this horse, and it's going to make a lifetime for many people and generations as far as cash. I don't know if you can blame them. It stinks for the audience. Yeah, it does. And look, nobody loves a Cinderella story more than we do in America. You know, everybody loves the rags to riches. What was that great horse that was from Philadelphia here? Uh, Smarty you know, Jones? Forget, uh, you know, Smarty Jones. I mean, everybody loved that horse, right? You know, that was not a, a well-breeded right. or a well-paid-for uh, you know, uh, horse. It kind of came out of nowhere, right? And that story captivated America for the five weeks of the of the racing area. So... You know, we, we gravitate towards those great stories, and the horses typically bring us that because of their breeding. So I think ultimately this is one that we have to understand where they're coming from. I just was I had to give you credit. Michael Lombardi, horse racing insider, right here on the Lombardi line. His instincts, no, you, went right, so. you went right to it. I said distance, and you were like, dude, it, I, I think it might have something to do with the breeding. Okay, that out of the way, and Fleek is writing in, so I'm guessing he's writing about uh, the Kentucky Derby Preakness in Belmont as well. The First off, before we get to the 76ers, because it's going to make us both well, sick. Well, first off, we have to acknowledge, yesterday I, talk, I, I took a wrath. Uh -oh. from the great Bill Berman because we did not give him props for how bad his COVID was. We dismissed it, and I am responsible for passing it along. And so I do want to acknowledge that he is going through an awful lot. He endured it all. He's, you know, he's been tough through it all. I feel badly that we did. Patrick, please, you know, you I, have to I pay will. into it or else he's, he's going to get very hurt. He's going to get very upset. Hat in hand, my apologies. I didn't bring it up when yeah. my father and mother had it, but we should recognize Bill Berman. We, that we is, have to, yes, we have to acknowledge the birthday boy at all times. Okay, now we can. <laughs> hope, I hope he show. feels. No, genuinely hope he feels better. I know a lot of people are dealing. You, you included, are dealing with this. Uh, yeah, round unfortunately, of COVID. I think I've sp I'm the spreader around here, you know, and and hopefully that everybody else will 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 come through it. So far, knock on wood, Millie hasn't gotten it, so we're good. The well, she was. She's not around, right? That's kind of I, that. I was also now thinking about that now. on the drive I got home. The, I got. <laughs> How did you take care of yourself? I got the yourself? king in town now. Wait, Dominic uh, is in town. I got the king in town now. He's in town. He'll be making an appearance, I'm sure, over the weekend. You We'd know, to, to the Nissan audience, the Nessan audience. Yeah, so we're we're good. All all things are back. Okay, but let's get to the meat of the story, Patrick. So, let's let's not take any longer. I know, but here's I wrote it down. And it's interesting how we can start. We can start with Ben Simmons trolling the 76ers. 
We could start with Doc Rivers saying no, expectations. No, did. did he? I didn't know that. I'll get to S that in Simmons a Simmons was trolling. I'll get to, we can start with oh. your, your boy, Jimmy Butler. As you saw uh, walking into the tunnel, what he had to say. We can start with Joel Embiid talking about James Harden not being the player he once was, which is now a practice for Joel talking about his teammates after series end. Or we can start with James Harden, who was non-existent. You pick a door and we'll walk through it. Well, first of all, let's let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with the big fella, right? The guy who claims he's the MVP, right? You know, the 76ers have been to one conference final since Dr. J retired. And they went there because of a young man named Allen Iverson who was tough, made his team tough. You can't even name seven players off that team besides Dikembe Mutombo, George Lynch, Aaron McKee, Eric Snow. I mean, seriously, it's... It's not a team that you would say, oh, my God, this is a great team. However, he willed them to that conference final. Now, they lost 4-1 to one to the Lakers. Separate issue. Now we get a star player in the town telling us we need more toughness on the team. Hey, dude, you're supposed to be the MVP of the league. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be the best player on the team. You're supposed to be the best player in the league. Where's your toughness? You melted in the first quarter yesterday. I mean, literally, it was the Wizard of Oz. He went right to the ground. He had no, in that third quarter, he had no interest in playing. He gets away with it because he's this, and I said this on the pod with Femi today. We talk about his talent when he certainly is really talented, although I beg to find a man on the ground more who's as talented. Like, literally, like, there's no, no athlete I've ever seen on the ground more than him beat, ever, in my career of evaluating talent my whole life. But that being said, Great players, elite players, raise the level of their teammates. They make everybody better. And, and this guy blames everybody. It starts in it, and all we end up doing is saying, well, they got to get better players around him. No, he's got to be better. He has no toughness. He's got no mental toughness, and he's never had it. And I've been screaming it for five years. I've been saying it for five years. And if people say, well, you just, you know, no. I mean, I buy into him at times. I thought he played harder during the regular season. But at the end of the day, he can't even get them out of the round that they're in. He's not an elite player. He's an elite talent. He does things that are strange. But to, to insult Akeem Olajuwon and compare him to Akeem Olajuwon is so insulting. Oh, it really is, Patrick. I, it, that's, that's ridiculous. It's insulting. To compare him to Moses Malone is insulting. I mean, the fact that he's upset he didn't win the MVP when, he's, when he has no toughness to his team, and then he's crying that they, they traded Butler. Like, yo, dude, like, at what point do you stop trying to fabricate the Twitter narrative? That's all you're doing. Like, stand up and be accountable. Embiid was 7 of 24 from the field, 20 <clears throat> points. Not good. Uh, minus 6. When he was on the court, here's the quote. Since we got him, this is Embiid talking about Harden. Everybody expected the Houston James Harden, but that's not who he is anymore. He's more of a playmaker. I thought at times he could have been, and all of us could have been more aggressive. All of us, whether it's Tyrese or Tobias or guys coming off the bench. So right there up front takes a shot at Harden. Obviously Harden's a shell of himself. He's just not in shape. Were you surprised to see Embiid actually verbalizing that after the game? No, because I was talking to somebody uh, it, uh, it, that knows the situation, and they said that once this ends, it'll be everybody will start pointing fingers at one another. Doc, how about Doc saying that that he, you know, he rescued this franchise? Yo, Doc, they won 51 games before you got here. 
Like, seriously, they, they were winning. But actually, the last coach got Ben Simmons to play. You know, he actually got Simmons to play. Where, you know, so like, That's what right. are we talking about? Like, there's so much bad information. And, and one of the bad informations is Butler saying that they picked Tobias over him. No, not really. Not really. I mean, they picked Al Horford over him. That's what they did. They decided to trade Al Horford. And, and they caved to Simmons. Simmons didn't want Butler on the team. That's what they did. They listened to their players. And, and Embiid's sitting there trying to pretend like he wanted Butler. He never said a word about it. Never. Like if Embiid would have come out publicly and said, look, I want Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's agent went to Josh Harris and complained violently about not re-signing him and saying, you're breaking up a dynasty. He was right. My, and you can correct me, and when we come back, we'll continue with the postmortem here on the 76ers. My assumption was he wanted the team to himself, and if Butler was there, it was never going to be Embiid's team just because Butler's alpha. We'll come back and discuss. And by the way, maybe this should be a Brett Brown appreciation show. He did a hell of a lot more than Doc. We'll come back and get to Doc next here at Lombardi Not according to Doc. Not according (laughs) to Doc. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app at MGM, all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Bring that state-issued ID to any MGM property here in Nevada, and you're ready to go within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older. Gambling problem, 1-800-522-4700. You know, the thing about Hakeem and what's dangerous about what you said, and I'm sure Joel Embiid has been compared as we welcome you back, Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi on Patrick Maher. I'm sure he's been uh, compared to Hakeem 
because of his dexterity in the paint and his ability offensively. But this is the problem with generation and statistics. Like when I talk about Chris Paul v. Isaiah Thomas, if you didn't watch Isaiah Thomas play, how could you possibly yeah. ever draw that parallel? He is not, Chris Paul is a wonderful player, a Hall of Famer, he's not Isaiah Thomas. And to even compare Hakeem Olajuwon to Joel Embiid is preposterous at this point. And it, moving it's forward. Absurd. It's absurd. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, compare him to the top centers in the history of the league. I mean, the guy didn't even club close to defending the rim last night. No. Like he, played, he played like with no effort whatsoever in the biggest game of the year. And he gets away with it. I mean, he, it's okay because he's a Twitter guy, and they love him on Twitter, and he's part of the process. I mean, at some point, somebody's going to realize the process, as I've been saying since the beginning of the process, it's failed. It's miserably failed. I mean, let me ask you this, Patrick. Like, being a, a team that loses in the divisional round, I mean, you can do that without having a process. Oh. <laughs> Josh Harris has got to answer for this, right? Well, okay. The owner of the team has to answer for it. Okay, so you were ahead of the Doc River stuff. Here's the quote about his job security. He said, no, I don't worry about my job. This is after the game last night. I think I do a terrific job, and you don't then, if you don't, then you should write it. I worked my butt off to get this team here. When I first got here, no one picked us to be anywhere. And again, this year, the same thing. If that's how anyone feels, write it. So essentially, he's getting very defensive. The idea that the 76ers were picked to, quote, go nowhere is uh, absurdity. It's it's complete fabrication, but but Doc is becoming very good at cr creating his own spin at these press conferences, trying to defend himself when he actually ends up looking like he's the worst lawyer ever. If, if Doc represented Doc, Doc should fire Doc as a lawyer because it's horrendous the case because yes. he doesn't do anything, you know. And so they won 51 games before he got here. Brett Brown, I mean, I can remember having a conversation with Brett Brown about about these things, about the lack of toughness. You know, about how, how are they going to make the team tougher? How are they going to dig down and have conditioning and work harder? All those things. I mean, Embiid's one of those guys that I was writing up Jerry Rice the other day. And Jerry Rice, the amazing thing about Jerry Rice is he got stronger as the game went on. Right? He got stronger as the game went on. Moses. Go back and watch the Laker fourth game when they swept the Lakers. Watch when he got stronger as the game wore on. Embiid gets weaker as the game goes on. Whatever he has in the first quarter. And he's the only player that you're ever going to watch who's supposed to be elite that it gets out of shape in a matter of seconds. His, like elite yeah. is Giannis. Yes. That's elite. And you're right. Chris Paul, everybody wants to talk about Isaiah Thomas. Not even close. <laughs> they were trying to compare Bob. They, they dismissed Bob Cousy like he was no good player. Like, watch some of these players. Like, watch these. And, and this is the project that I've learned from writing it is these great players of the past kind of get dismissed by this generation as not being as good because of nutrition, because of the weights, because of all this. Get out of here. I mean, Moses Malone would destroy him. Watch Moses Malone on a YouTube clip work at half court. I mean, Embiid never went into the low post. I mean, poor Hubie Brown sitting there saying, when's he going to get a low post? So, I mean, and, and how about, I mean, poor, I mean, I don't know what, I love Hubie and I love the, the, the announcing team last night, but they were shocked he was on the ground so much. Like, what game haven't you, I mean, I've been saying this for four years. Have you ever seen a guy on the ground this much in all your life? No, you've been in front of that. Also, his conditioning, we've given him credit this year for being in better shape, but that battery drains quickly during a game, right? Like, he starts to become... It was, it was in-season shape. What, what fooled me, and I admit this, is it wasn't endurance shape. It was for in-season. He was able to maintain it 
but it's it's never ever where I've got to fight through an adversity. It's not. I mean, long they, long. they're going yeah. nowhere fast. I mean, they're going nowhere. I mean, look, they'll bring Doc back. They'll fire midseason. You know, they'll, they're they're going to have to tr- they're going to have to shake the team up. I mean. And, and it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with Maury does. I mean, nobody – did you see the interaction between Maxie and Harden last night? I oh. mean, Maxie was yelling at him. It was frosty. And that's – Maxie was like yeah, – Maxie's yelling at the vet, an MVP. Exactly. And that's, that just shows you how much he hasn't won over any of his teammates with his work ethic, with his attitude, with any of that. And if you're Maury and you're watching that and you see this interaction between these two players, you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, I got something wrong here. Well, Maury's infatuation with Harden, something has to give here because it's not just the two shot attempts in the second half. I mean, you've watched his body language. Did he even want to be on the court last night? It almost looked like he was no, no. like a petulant child, like having a bull fit, you know, like the person that was like striking back against something and there was nothing to strike back against. This is all on Harden. It's really just a sad commentary. And, and you know, it's just unfortunate because – Everybody wants this team to be this great team because they have this guy who's an elite talent. You know, what we don't understand in sports and building championship teams, elite talent doesn't win anything. Elite talent playing elite wins. That's what we see with Giannis. You didn't miss Middleton. Giannis, I'll, I'll win it over. Holiday, I'll come back. That's what elite talent does. All we do is make excuses for Embiid. Oh, he doesn't have a good supporting cast. we got to get more shooters around him. You know, can you imagine in that game – Doc Rivers has got Shake Milton playing in the second half. Now, Danny Green got hurt. Okay, he's, got, he's destroyed Shake Milton as a player. He's destroyed him. He lost all his confidence. The guy was a good player at one time. So your assumption is they're bringing back Doc because the reports out that – I went, was told this morning yeah. he's, he's coming back. I was, well, I don't understand how that's possible. If you're the owner of the team and you're worth billions and billions and billions of dollars like Josh Harris and you sit five seats down from Doc and watch him coach how you bring him back, I have no idea. Like, Josh Harris is five seats away from him. He's, he hears everything. Shocking. How do you bring him back? The Lakers want him. $10 million. That's how you bring him back. You hear the Lakers do want they, him? Do they really? That's what Windhorse is reporting. That's what everybody thinks. Do you think LeBron wants him? Do you think LeBron's going to sign off on him? And, what? I've never seen I, a campaign. I would give him an asset to take him. <laughs> but have you seen a campaign that was so calculated and so just foolhearted? The way that Doc a few weeks ago started building up the case for Doc and just in such an embarrassing way. Have you ever seen a campaign like this by a head coach that was, as Felica texted us, was listed as a top 25 head coach in the NBA, which is hilarious. But the campaign... Which is hilarious. Yes. It just shows you the disconnect between what we're told on television and what's reality. And we as viewers in a betting network, we have to constantly remind ourselves that we're getting fed misinformation. Like, we're getting fed misinformation, and when we let that misinformation by us, affect us, like that, like the last two games, Spolstra just, just put a, just basically destroyed them. Ran circles, you know. Around. But Doc's got marquee. Doc's got cachet. Doc's, you know, Doc's a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame coach. No, no, he can't. Look, if you're Maury and you know you're stuck on the cap, you need a coach who's going to develop some players. He can't. He hasn't developed one young player. Well, he developed Maxi. No, he didn't. He didn't develop Max. Maxi developed himself. The undercash is 99-90. Miami moves on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, they await either the Bucks or the Celtics. Philly actually closed two in that game. 
So that it is that I look, I don't know if it's legit if the troll job by Ben Simmons, but there was a picture posted where he had the Miami Heat celebrating in the background with just a plain a plain look on his face. Uh, it, maybe it was doctored, but the Ben Simmons piece, you know, this is going to be a trade that is going to be evaluated for a long time to come because my assumption, and you can tell me, is that Harden is going to pick up that player option. Well, I mean, it, 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 you know, if he doesn't, he's the dumbest human being on planet Earth. It's like $50 million. You know, I mean, that's I mean, insane. He, yeah, I mean, where is, he get, where is he getting that money? Who's their competition for him? Who's 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 their comp? I mean, think about it. Let me ask you this question: If Embiid is so good, if you were to call up Denver and say we'll trade you Yoke, Embiid for Jokic, what would Denver say? <laughs> Denver wouldn't even they wouldn't even hear the end of the conversation. They'd hang up. I said two years ago they should trade Embiid for Booker before they drafted Aiton, a- and people said, well, you know, they would never do that. Well, that's my point. If he's this elite, 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 the greatest player of all time. You can't, the, the, people won't swap a player for him. The problem, Michael, as well with a, an oft injured big like Embiid that's not terrifically um, in shape is that he's a depreciating asset with every year added to. I mean, a, a guy that's 26, 27, 28 like him as a booker is different than a 27, 28 year old Embiid because that depreciates as a big. I mean, it's, it's going nowhere. I, I think he should – I said on my pod, they should trade him now. They should try to trade him now. They won't. They won't. To, next year when things fall apart again, he'll request a trade. That's when they'll trade him. Remember this date, March 13th, May 13th. <laughs> the, next year this time, he'll, he'll want a trade. It was um, – M. Lombardi NFL was on it during the game with the tweets. And you know what it was? It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. If I'm Josh Harris, I'm embarrassed. I wonder if he'll make a move. That is the question. So that's it. The 76ers no. have been bounced. We've got a tied series, Suns, Mavs. We've got two more tonight in the Can't NBA. Wait. Plus, we got the schedule out. It's all coming up here, Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. VSIN Spring Special is here, $59. You get everything through the end of July. Next few months are going to be awesome, filled with the best betting content we have right here in the business. VSIN.com, check it out. Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel, a great write up for the Grizzly Warrior game tonight. That's all included as well. Annie McNeil with the uh, playoff breakdowns on the ice. Of course, we've got NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR, and more. Point Spread Weekly is included as well every Wednesday. It drops. Now through July 31st, $59, vcin.com slash spring. All right, there it is. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it's going to be a busy offseason for the 76ers. I, oh, I, I can't believe I, they're I not going to move so, on. Patrick. I can't believe they're not going to move on so. from Doc. I mean, just no. you got to do something differently. This is cancerous right now. Well, I mean, I think it's going to stay the same, and everybody's blaming fingers. Everybody's pointing. So it'll be interesting what Maury says. There's a lot of talk that uh, D'Antoni's going to get the Charlotte job. Yes. And uh, that's been rumored. So, you know, and nobody thinks that Doc could get the Laker job. Uh, so, you know, where do they go with him? And what Maury says, I mean, somebody, Maury's going to have to have an end of the year press conference and somebody like Howard Eskin's going to sit there and say, well, what are you going to do with, what are you going to do with Harden? 
And he got to give an answer. Well, we're debating that. No, you're not. You're not debating. He's got a player option. Are you either going to extend him? What are you going to do? And we know De- we know Maury likes D'Antoni. De- hired him at Houston, so it, it, you know you're. They gonna... were all set. To, the Seventy Sixers before Maury even came were all set to hire D'Antoni. They were they were basically putting the contract together, and then when Doc became available, this is just shows you how the organization thinks. They pivoted completely, three hundred six, and went right to Doc. You know, and then they hired Maury afterwards when he became available. So. Look, look, there, there is, there, there's no easy solutions. And, you know, the, the NBA is watching because, let's face it, you know, this guy who thinks he's the MVP, you know, blames everybody. These comments that you made, you think that you're absolved, like you're Teflon. Well, I had a thumb injury. You saw him rubbing the thumb during the game. And, you know, I had the eye and I'm always fixed. Like, like, no. Like, there's been great players that played in Philadelphia, starting with the doctor, Julius Irving, and then Allen Iverson. They, they, never, they never blamed anybody, ever. You know, it's, a, it's one of those two-sided things where we want our athletes to say something, but there's a reason they don't say anything, because that's a bad look when Embiid's out there just literally naming names of players and then, and then talking about Harden, who's going to be on the roster next year, talking about Harden not being the player he once was. I mean, that's... Well, you can see the interaction between the team, how much they don't respect Harden already after how many games. There's no real respect. I mean, I mean Maxie was yelling at him for, for, for being not in neglect. I mean, they don't even follow, they don't run when they call the plays they don't run the plays you know and so it, it, it's a comedy and maury's got to clean it up but i don't think he's got any ability to clean it up so let me ask you a question why doesn't one and a half or one feel a little short in milwaukee tonight with an opportunity to close out the celtics and here's why the celtics played very well in game five they shot over 50 percent from the field you know tatum had 34 a combined 60 from tatum and brown they didn't turn the ball over a ton Yet, Giannis, your boy, and the Bucs came back to win on Boston's wood. We're coming back the other way here for an elimination spot in the Bucs, and it's only a point and a half. Actually, DraftKings got it sitting at a point right now. Feels a little short, yeah. no? Well, I mean, I think, look, that game could have gone the other way easy. I think these are all going to be nail-biters. I don't think any team's going to be able to run away, and I think Boston is mentally tough. There's no denying it. I don't think Tatum's going to play as bad as he did the night before. And still, they still had a chance to win that game. And, you know, Holiday and, and Holiday and Giannis have to carry the situation. I think this is a down to the last two minutes of the game, one way or the other. Uh, you know, I think you're better off playing the money line for either team in this game than you are probably taking the points or giving the points. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think it's going to be a, these From people that have watched the game courtside that have seen this tell me that that both teams are exhausted at the end. And both coaches, like when Milwaukee calls their plays out, they run their plays. Philly doesn't. Just shows you the difference. And that's you know, what Harden yeah. doesn't. They just don't. I mean, I'm not blaming Doc. I'm just saying that there's no accountability in Philly. There's accountability in Boston. There's accountability in Milwaukee by the players, held by the people. I mean, I was listening to a great podcast the other day, Hubie Brown talking to the sports 70s guy this is for it's a four-year-old podcast i don't know muscleman sent it to me and i kind of got turned on to it or tom crean i think tom crean sent it to me so i'm listening to it and and that's all hubie's talking about is you got to hold your players accountable and he tells the story of hey if you got a if you have a family of four kids and one of the kids is a prodigy in terms of the violin or, or the piano or whatever and 
three other ones are working and the, and the, and the prodigy's only doing nothing, you're gonna, the family's going to split. Well, that's what happens. It's called accountability. You know, what you said about the coaching and also just the uh, physicality of this series points me to the under tonight. Michael, let's take a look at that. 212, games four and five went over in this series. I'm expecting now traditionally game sixes back the last 15, 17 years in the NBA postseason have been under games. The Bucks are hitting close to 60% over their last three postseasons to the under. But just physically and just elimination game, the intensity is going to be there. I look to specifically because you see that offensive rating go down when the Bucks don't have middle but they have defended well. So I, yeah. I think the under 212, we had two unders last night. It's been an under postseason. I like that under 212 tonight with the Celtics and Bucks. Well, I mean, the last I mean, the last time this went under at 103, at 10, when Milwaukee won 103-101, you know, that was a 204 game, uh, you know, and then before that was 109-86. So, you know, there was a tendency that it was continued. Now it's trended up a little bit in the last two yep. games. And I, I don't know what the real reason is for that. But I do know that in the last 10 games of the series, Boston's 8-2 and two against the spread. So it makes sense to take the points if you want to. I mean, I, I would take Boston on the money line, frankly, as opposed to the points. But if you're going to get the points, why not? And, you know, I know it seems short. But, uh, you know, can Milwaukee keep finding the rabbit in the hat? To me, that's the amazing thing. And Boston, I don't think I don't think Boston has any real quit in them. I think Boston's going to play as as if the Tuesday night or Wednesday night didn't even happen. You know, I guess you could say Boston has injury concerns because I think there is something legit about that wrist with Tatum. But look how well he played in Game Five. To be fair to him, yeah. so you can't really knock him for that. I, one thing I will say and caution the rest of the NBA, because these are the defending champs, they're going to get Middleton back. Look what they're doing against a very good and spectacular defensive team in the Celtics. Look what the Bucks are doing. They're sitting here with a chance to eliminate them tonight on their home wood, and they don't have Middleton. And, you know, this hasn't been a good team. Um, I was just taking a look at the numbers. Uh, dating back to last season, the Bucks are 14-14 and 14 straight up, but 12-15 and 15 against the spread without Middleton. So it's not like they performed overly well, a la what the Grizz have done without Ja. I mean, he's important as that second shooter. And there's still – it's an opportunity, again, to close out the Celtics tonight for the Bucks. I mean, they held Boston to 21 points in the fourth quarter the last time they played in Boston. I mean, that's the reason they win the game. You know, they're able to, to keep Boston down. And, you know, Boston didn't execute at the end of the game. And, and look, let's face it. I mean, Connett, Connaughton has given them some good minutes. He played 31 minutes the other night. You know, and, and I think Portis playing yep. more. I mean, Portis played 26. I think they need Portis. I, I really do. He had 15 rebounds the other night. He was sensational. And I think that's more of what they need to do. And Lopez, who I thought kind of would be a little bit more of a, of a shooter score, kind of space to floor, that hasn't transpired. Uh, so, look, I, 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 I admire Milwaukee. I really do. I think they are a champion and they're hard to beat. And I don't ever underestimate them because Giannis's ability to play at a high level for 40 minutes is somewhat remarkable. Portis doing the intangibles. Who on the 76ers is a Bobby Portis? And what I mean by that is getting that you know, rebound off the free throw. They, well, because remember, the, the, this is the quote we have to always remind ourselves with vet Jeff Van Gundy says, your best player must set the tone of intolerance for anything that gets in the way of winning. You can, if you say that and you believe that like I do, 
and you say that's Tom Brady, that's Ronnie Lott, that's Jerry Rice. Those are the great. They set the tone of intolerance. That's not Joel Embiid. He doesn't set the tone of intolerance. He plays like he plays as lazy as anybody. I mean, watch the last two games when the games are on the line. If you're a Joel Embiid fan, defend those two games. We say he's hurt. We always have an you always have a, uh, an excuse. Wait, so defend them. So wait, you're telling me Giannis with literal blood rolling down his face and setting the tone for the Bucks. I mean, he didn't want to come out. He acted like the blood wasn't even there. Can you imagine if your boy, Lawrence of Olivier, or whatever the name is, the stage actor, can you imagine if Embiid had blood just pouring down his head? He'd be acting all oh, theatrical. I mean, it would be dramatic. I mean, there's no bigger guy that flops more than this guy. I mean, the probably seven feet two. You know, th- this town used to give Daryl Dawkins so much crap for being as beautifully built, as tall and as strong and as powerful, and Darryl would shoot fallaway jumpers, and Philly would go crazy. You know, they would go crazy. He would shoot 15-footers instead of kicking it. This guy does it. I mean, he was taking threes last night like it was just, like he was the point guard. <laughs> and beads the bluegill or the sunfish. We used to catch them, and you put them on the dock, and they'd be flopping all over the place. That's his new nickname. I don't know what his old one was. I've been saying it for five years. I wish he got on the ground more. Yeah, he, he spends a lot of time uh, horizontal. We're coming back with Wes Reynolds next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using the code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. So you're going to win the cash. 10 bucks to win 200 Enjoy baseball like you've never had it before or enjoyed it before over at BetMGM. Of course, eligibility restrictions do apply. Again, this is for new bettors, and that bonus code, you have to use it. It's VSIN200, V-S-I-N. 200 get in now must be 21 years or older call 1-800 gambler 
if you do have an issue. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas at the South Point. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are welcomed, or excuse me, we are joined and welcome our buddy Wes Reynolds, VSIN host to the show. And is it true? Are the Colts checking in with the easiest slate in the AFC when we take a look at the schedule? Who knows what to believe with the strength of schedule? But have you poured over the Colts schedule, Mr. Indiana? And what do you think? I took a brief glance at it last night. Obviously, we had a lot of playoff action going on, but it's an NFL world. We know that 24 7, 365. But, you know, when you looked at the Colts, they start off with a excuse me, a couple road games, but they're in the division and they're against the weakest two teams in that division, Houston and Jacksonville. So look, there's an opportunity there. Now the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville in several years and no more of a face plant that they have down there in Duval than to end the regular season last year. So I think it's good that they get a couple division opponents right away, albeit they're on the road and perhaps could start out 2-0. They're certainly going to be favored in both of those games. I think the early line I saw was like 7.5 at Houston or 8 or somewhere around there. So you get two wins before you get the Chiefs coming into town and the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender. I think that the schedule actually, despite the fact that you have two games on the road, actually looks pretty solid for the Colts. I also like the fact that they actually get primetime games at home because all these primetime games that they've had the last several years, guys, they've had to go on the road. Well, I, and the New England was a primetime one where New England, where we, when New England, um, Dante Hightower missed that tackle this year in the yeah, hole and, yeah, and kind of cost them the night. Yep. Yeah, but I. I Wes, I think this, I think the AFC South, which plays the NFC North, NFC East, is going to be beneficial for those teams because you're getting to play, you know, the Eagles are going to be tough. Who knows with the Cowboys? You know, Washington and the left-handed thrower Wentz is always going to be interesting. And then you've got the Giants who are in complete rebuild mode. So I think that strengthens it a little bit. I think the East is probably one of the teams, if you're looking for an over-target, the Eagles are clearly one because not only do they get uh, they, they play the AFC South, they also play the NFC North, which gives them a lot of easy wins to pick up along the way. I just want to yeah, respect... I- uh, Wes, do they have the best roster in the AFC South? I'm going to put you on the spot. The Colts, uh, yeah, I think maybe by a hair, if that. Because, look, uh, Tennessee, they're going to have Robert Woods in basically to be the main receiver. And I think that that is a downgrade, obviously, from A.J. Brown. The Colts became kind of like the favorite in the division in some markets on the basis of nothing they really did necessarily because of the fact that it's like, okay, you get AJ Brown out of the division and now the Titans are kind of in the same boat as the Colts where they don't really have that number one defined receiver. Look, I think Michael Pittman is very good. I'm not sure if he's a number one guy. I'm not sure if the Colts really have a number one guy at receiver. It's going to probably by default have to be Michael Pittman to really emerge. He's the guy they got in the second round a couple years ago out of USC. So Yeah, this division, I think, is one of the more down divisions in the NFL, that being the AFC South. I think both Houston and Jacksonville are going to be a little bit improved. I don't think that they're necessarily going to challenge those top two teams, though. But, yeah, the the opportunity is right there. And when you have such a strong division like the AFC West and potentially even the AFC North – To get in the playoffs out of this division, you pretty much got to win the division. I don't see the South getting two teams in the playoffs. 
Well, you know, I, I think, you know, when I look at the Colts, I mean, the Matt Pryor kid's got to come through for him a left tackle. There's no denying that. And he played well in spurts last year when Fisher was out. You know, this kid they drafted, Woods, the big tight end. I mean, I, I think if I'm a fantasy player, I think he's going to get the ball. Mo Ali Cox is there, you, you know, but I still think this Woods kid is somebody that they're going to bring along fairly quickly. And then they've got to get Paris Campbell to stay healthy, give them the speed on the outside, and then we'll see what Pierce can do. But I think Ryan gives them leadership stability and then of course they still have the great Jonathan Taylor to hand the ball off to I, I like the Colts I really do fellas win total set at nine and a half you got to pay a little juice on the over of course won nine games last year West nailed it as far as the south most books have them right around even money to win the south the Titans plus 140 the Jags plus 550 and the Texans 22 to 1 so that is West Reynolds Colts okay we transition when Michael, when you were out with COVID, Wes and I were all over the Grizzlies last time out. Mm-hmm. Of course, we took the ten and a half. I think it was a crazy number. Wes, you're going to ride the Grizzlies again at the Warriors. The Warriors are lane eight. What do you got on this one? Yeah, ordinarily, Patrick, I would be at least first looking at the Warriors side when you get like such a disparate, odd result where I think it was odd to see the Golden State Warriors get beat by almost 40 points. So ordinarily, I would look kind of to that side, but I'm looking more at the Memphis side. And and you were right. When we were together on Monday, we took the 10 and a half. Now, the opener, I think, was around eight and a half or nine. But we knew, okay, Ja was out with that knee or, or he went to the bench in the fourth quarter. And then when it got announced that Ja was out, it went to 10 and a half and it got way too high. So the next time around, you know, it's kind of right where the number was, about nine. And it got bet down from that ten and a half to like nine and a half on Monday night for the close. But this is right around where, where, where the number, I think, probably should be. But you look at the Warriors, even though they got a chance to close it out tonight, they're one and four against the number in the series. They've been outscored by almost six points per 100 possessions in those non-garbage time minutes. I know uh, JBT writes that up every day at vcin.com, does a great job. Uh, the, the, the Grizzlies' defense, I think, I don't want to say they're a better team without Ja Morant. I, I, I know the numbers are kind of kinky right now and weird and would indicate as such, but I think defensively they've been a little bit better. Uh, without John Moran, 106.5 points per 100 possessions on offense. And you just look, I I think that this Memphis team, look, they're kind of young enough to know what they don't know. You know, so they're going to be, I think, you know, thinking, hey, we can go beat this team. They're not going to be like, oh, man, we're up against it against these guys that have won a couple world championships. And you just look at how they've they've defended. And Grind City is kind of the nickname for Memphis. And they've absolutely grinded the Warriors down. I think the Warriors, 84.8 points per 100 possessions when you look at it. And obviously, you know, game five was a really disparate result. Only 95 points for the Warriors. They were down almost 50 at one point. So, I wanted to make a case for the Warriors kind of in a bounce back here and kind of going against what we see last because that's what betters do. Betters bet what they see last, but I can't do it. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies yet again. You know, I, I think you're right. I, I think to me that these games are, I know everybody thinks, well, the Warriors got killed last game. They're going to come back and kill them this game. That logic, you know, certainly prevails. But I, I think this Memphis team has got mental toughness. And I think the one thing we see is when you have that kind of mental toughness, you're not going to go away. The Warriors might jump out and head and they might play from in front. But eight's a lot of points. And over the last 10 games, if you've played Memphis and the number, you're eight and two. Wes, 
What would you do with the 76ers? <laughs> oh, man. That, that, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's being asked uh, right around where uh, Michael is hanging out in New Jersey this morning. Uh, and there's a lot of suggestions, I'm guessing, from oh, the yeah. callers to sports radio there. But, yeah, it, it just, you know, when, my, when, uh, when Miami made that run to start the second half, it just felt like the Sixers went away. And, and, you know, and Hubie Brown, who was on the uh, call last night for ESPN, pointed this out. You know, Doc's trying to, Doc was kind of trying to get him going. And Hubie Brown's like, they're not listening, you know, and, and hmm. made that comment. And you could just tell looking at these guys. And, and, and look, I'm not sure what Doc's status is going to be. I've had some criticism of him, but I don't want to put it all necessarily on him. And Joel Embiid said it last night after the game. He goes, we don't have the Houston Harden anymore. He's more of a facilitator. He's more of a playmaker. He's basically saying James Harden is not what he was, and he's not. And, you know, he'll have some moments here and there. But, yeah, I mean, you know who the cornerstone is. That's Joel Embiid. And, you know, Daryl Morey made that trade for uh, uh, Harden, uh, trading Ben Simmons to Brooklyn, and it just hasn't worked out. James Harden's not the same guy. Yeah. Hey, remember when Hubie came back and gave the Memphis Grizzlies organization a shot? Maybe Hubie back to the 76ers, Michael. 88, he could do it. I mean, he would hold them accountable. Remember, that Memphis team he took over won 23 games. Yeah. And then he had them over 50 games he with all the same job. players. He did a With hell all of the a same job. players. That's My a, man Muss was on that staff. That's 100% right. Did a hell of a job. You know, I think he was only there for two years, but, that's it, but he rejuvenated. Got 50 wins. Yeah, he got 50 yep. wins out of a 20-plus win uh, team. You're 100% right. Wes Reynolds, Beeston host, of course, Long Shots and more. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Wes. Fellas. Have a great weekend. Easiest schedule overall in the NFL. Of course, the NFC East is where you look. We're coming back to discuss. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.